Holy Father in heaven, blessed be thy holy name, O Lord, for your faithfulness and goodness towards us, in that you have given us the privilege of life and the basic necessities to sustain our lives. We thank you, Lord, for protection and security that we enjoy. We thank you, Lord, for granting us the desires of our heart and choosing for us that which is good for us. We thank you for the spiritual blessings you also bestow upon us. Glory be unto your name, O Lord. Lord, without you, we can do nothing as it is written in your word. Acknowledging this, Lord, we come to you for help and strength that you would guide us in our way today. We pray, Father, that you will strengthen us with the daily manna from heaven that will sustain us on the journey for the day. Lord, put your words in my mouth for this purpose that we may receive the bread from heaven, that we may internalize it into our lives and strengthen ourselves for our journey to our heavenly Canaan, that we may be equipped, strengthened, and given all the grace and power to do your will. Thank you for hearing our prayers, and thank you for answering. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. And would none of my reproof, Proverbs chapter 1 verse 25. In the night season, the angel of God came to Balaam with the message, Thou shalt not go with them, thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. A second time, Balaam was tested. In response to the solicitations of the ambassadors, he professed great conscientiousness and integrity, assuring them that no amount of gold and silver could induce him to go contrary to the will of God. But he longed to comply with the king's request, and although the will of God had already been definitely made known to him, he urged the messengers to tarry, that he might further inquire of God, as though the Infinite One were a man to be persuaded. In the night season, the Lord appeared to Balaam and said, If the men come to call thee, rise up and go with them. But yet, the word which I shall say unto thee, that shalt thou do. Thus far, the Lord would permit Balaam to follow his own will, because he was determined upon it. He did not seek to do the will of God, but chose his own course, and then endeavored to secure the sanction of the Lord. There are thousands at the present day who are pursuing a similar course. They would have no difficulty in understanding their duty if it were in harmony with their inclinations. It is plainly set before them in the Bible, or is clearly indicated by circumstances and reason. But because these evidences are contrary to their desires and inclinations, they frequently set them aside and presume to go to God to learn their duty. With great apparent conscientiousness, they pray long and earnestly for light. But God will not be trifled with. He often permits such persons to follow their own desires and to suffer the result. When one clearly sees duty, let him not presume to go to God with the prayer that he may be excused from performing it. He should rather, with a humble, submissive spirit, ask for divine strength and wisdom to meet its claims. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Duty or Desire. 
Our key text is carefully taken from the book of Proverbs chapter 1 verse 25 which says, But you have set up not all my counsel and would none of my reproof. These words can safely, fitly and powerfully be applied to those who would today not listen to the word of God and yet will go to go to God in prayer wanting God to speak to them directly while setting at naught everything that the Bible says to us. We are looking at the story of Balaam, the son of Bosor, the man who was supposed to be a prophet of God but who apostatized on account of covetousness. We have seen the topic yeah, we looked at yesterday talking about covetousness where Balaam was called for the purpose of cursing God's people for money, for riches, for wealth. Now here is the application of divination. He was not supposed to fight them with force of arms, but he was supposed to fight them spiritually, cursing them so that evil things will happen to them and they will die. That's what Balak believed could happen because Balak was afraid. He had seen that the children of Israel, first of all, are many. Secondly, they had conquered greater nations than his own nation. Even the nation that conquered him, King Sihon, he was, he was already conquered. Bashan was conquered. King Arad of the Canaanites was conquered. Balak's knees began to knock as he was afraid that the Israelites were on the border of Moab. And he went to Balaam, a so-called prophet of God, telling him, to curse the Israelites so that they would not be able to attack Moab. Balaam, being a covetous man, was looking at this as an opportunity. Integrity was no longer in his heart. A desire to follow a plain thought said the Lord was not what was paramount in his mind. But all he was looking at was, as usual, what many people look at today. His mind was on his money and his money on his mind. But yet, he was still trying to appear as a conscientious religious person. Were it to be somebody who was just completely covetous, he would just go once and say, I'm going to do what you asked me to do. But he wanted to still retain the name as a prophet of God. So, of course, he must pray and say, oh, let me hear from the Lord first. So we read in the book of Numbers 22, reading from verse 13, he had already rejected the first messengers that came because God had told him, don't go with them. Do not curse the Israelites. Now, Firstly, he had heard clearly, which he was not even supposed to do in the first place, when he knew very well that there was no reason for him to even listen as much as listen to these men who came to give him this message. The fact that he even prayed about this matter is just like somebody praying when he is told to assassinate another person. Imagine somebody comes to meet you say, please, I need you to help me assassinate someone. And then you say, okay, let me pray about it. Why will you pray about it? Why will you pray about it? Oh, I need you to commit adultery. You say, let me pray about it. This is the same thing Balaam did here. He was told to come and curse the Israelites. What, something he knew was a sin. That you are going to curse a people who are God's people. He was a prophet of God. He knew that they were God's people. To as much as say he was going to pray about it was a sin to start with. The Lord was merciful the first time to just tell him, to give him benefit of the doubt. Just in case you are pretending, you say you don't know the will of God. Okay, I will tell you don't curse them. 
Now, in Numbers 22, reading from verse 13, it says, And Balaam rose up in the morning and said unto the princes of Balak, Get you into your land, for the Lord refused to give me leave to go with you. And the princes of Moab rose up, and they went unto Balak and said, said Balaam refused to come with us. And Balak sent yet again princes more and more honorable than they. And they came to Balaam and said to him, Thus saith Balak, the son of Zippor, Let nothing, I pray thee, hinder thee from coming unto me, for I will promote thee unto very great honor, and I will do whatsoever thou sayest unto me. Come therefore, I pray thee, curse me these people. And Balaam answered and said unto the servants of Balak, If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord my God, to do less or more. Now therefore, I pray you, Tarry ye also here this night, that I may know what the Lord will say unto me more. My, what is the meaning of this? You just said, Balaam just said now, I am not going with them. And then he told them, wait, let me ask the Lord. Is he expecting a different answer from the one he received before? Yes, because that is the only reason why he will say he's praying about the matter. He wants to hear a different answer and because of the great riches that they are promising him. If not, he would have just dismissed them. What answer do you want the Lord to give you? Now, continuing in verse 19, it says, verse 20, it says, And God came unto Balaam at night and said unto him, If the men come to call thee, rise up and go with them. But yet the word which I say, which I shall say unto thee, that shalt thou do. And Balaam rose up in the morning. <laughs> Balaam is happy now. Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his ass and went with the princes of Moab. And God's anger was kindled because he went. And the angel of the Lord stood in the way for an adversary against him. Now he was riding upon his ass, and his two servants were with him. And the ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand. And the ass turned aside out of the way, and went into the field. And Balaam smote the ass to turn her into the way. But the angel of the Lord stood in the path of the vineyards, a wall being on this side and a wall on that side. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she thrust herself into the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against it, against the wall, and he smote her again. And the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place, where was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down under Balaam. And Balaam's anger was kindled, and he smote the ass with a staff. And the Lord opened the mouth of the ass, and she said unto Balaam, What have I done unto thee, that thou hast smitten me these three times? And Balaam said unto the ass, Because thou hast mocked me, I would there were a sword in my hand, for now would I kill thee. And the ass said unto Balaam, Am not I thine ass? upon which thou hast ridden ever since I was dying unto this day? Was I ever want to do so unto thee? And he said, Nay. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand. And he bowed his head and fell flat on his face. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Wherefore hast thou smitten thine ass these three times? Behold, I went out to withstand thee, because thy way is perverse before me. And the ass saw me and turned from me these three times. Unless she had turned from me, surely now also I had slain thee and saved her life. And Balaam said unto the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I knew not that thou stoodest in the way against me, 
Now therefore, it, if it displeased thee, I will get me back again. And the angel of the Lord said unto Balaam, Go with the men, but only the word that I shall speak unto thee, that thou shalt speak. So Balaam went with the princes of Balak. Hmm. Very remarkable story, one of a kind that we find in the Bible. I don't think we remember any other place in the word of God or in history or in life where an animal opened its mouth to speak to a man apart from the case of of um, Eve and, and Satan. You see what covetousness, covetousness does. The same thing that happened to Eve happened to Balak. But because their minds were set on doing evil, they even went ahead to talk with animals. Can you imagine? Eve, when the serpent talked to her, was supposed to be shocked and say, what is going on here? A snake is talking? And so with Balaam. He is having a conversation with his donkey as though it is a normal thing to do. Who will hear his donkey talk and will not jump off that donkey and run for his life? It was supposed to be something strange that will make you filled with so much horror and fear that you would wonder, what am I seeing here? But because Balaam was hell-bent on doing evil, the signs that were around him telling him not to go ahead in this thing, he disregarded them and even went as far as talking with a donkey. And what more, even when the angel stood in his way and he confessed, I have sinned, instead of him saying, I am going back on my way, he said, if it displeased thee, still making an opportunity, creating an opening to be told, go your way. Hasn't he, has he not seen that it already displeased God? And he's asking the angel, if it displeased thee, I will go back. He was supposed to saddle his ass and say to the men of Balak, I am not going again. I'm going back. But he's still making that request. If it displeases thee, I will get me back again. Waiting to hear. Does it displease you? This is when someone is hell-bent on covetousness. You see, the mind can become so blinded that it will neglect every sign, every counsel, every instruction, everything that is a barrier on the way, every obstacle, and they will go headstrong to do what they want to do. And this is the case with many people today. When you want to know your duty and yet you have your own desire strong in your heart, this is exactly what happens. And that's the title of our, devo our devotion for today, Duty or Desire. How do we relate with God? That's what we're looking at. How to relate with God with respect to our duty and with respect to our personal desires. When there is a counsel from the Lord in his word telling us this is what you, do, you should do, we don't need to go in prayer to ask God for duty because it is a form of deception and offense to do that. Asking for signs when you know God's will is wrong. When God has told you clearly from his word, especially things that have to do his, with his commandments, and you're asking him whether it, you really, he really wants you to do it, he should give you a sign or all those kind of things. Maybe the Lord can be merciful to show you, but you are putting yourself in a very terrible or slippery situation because as it was with Balaam, it can be with you. It says that when the Lord told Balaam to go, it was a test. And so it is today. The Lord is testing many of us. He comes with people to tell us go to do something that is bad. And if we go using those people as an excuse, the Lord will get angry with us. It says that when Balaam asked the second time that God told him to go, 
Numbers chapter 22 verse 20 And God came unto Balaam at night and said unto him, If the men come to call thee, rise up and go with them. But yet the word which I shall say unto thee thou shalt do. And Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his ass and went with the princes of Moab. And the next verse in verse 22 says, And God's anger was kindled because he went. Many would ask the question, but was it not God that told him to go? Yes, it was God who told him to go, but Balaam knew God's will. He heard two things. The first one said, don't go. The second one said, go. He chose the one to listen to because that was what he wanted to hear. The word of God at first told him, don't go. Don't curse the people. And he presumed to ask a second time. And he heard the second word, go. So it is with us. God can make us hear what we want to hear to test us to see whether we will follow his word or not. And when we insist in wanting to do our desires, the Lord can send us a strong delusion. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, speaking about these last days, God talks about Satan coming with all deceivableness of unrighteousness. In reading from verse 9, he says, Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Why? Because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Now, verse 11. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Hmm. Do you remember what we read yesterday in 2 Peter? That thing that is called pleasure in unrighteousness? 2 Peter chapter 2 talked about Balaam who loved the wages of unrighteousness. 2 Peter 2 reading from verse 14 and 15 it says, Having eyes full of adultery, and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, and a heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bosor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. Combine that with Second Thessalonians 2, verse 12, he says that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. The Lord will send them a strong delusion. He will tell you what you want to hear because you love to hear that. And he's doing that to test you. Do you remember the story of Peter? He was sleeping and then a vision came to him and told him, Peter, rise, kill and eat. What was Peter's response? Did he say, because it's the Lord I'm going to eat? Peter said, no, I'm not eating. Since I was born, till today nothing unclean has ever entered my mouth and the second time the same vision came to him and said peter rise kill and eat peter said no i am not eating nothing unclean has entered my mouth since i was born and it's not now it's going to enter and then the third time it came again peter rise kill and eat peter gave the same response three times he did not say oh it is the lord who said it therefore i will eat as many will do today using the lord as an excuse to do exactly what they want to do of course that vision was a symbolism it wasn't actually telling him to eat but in his own mind it was telling him to eat an unclean food but peter will refuse why did peter refuse because he knew god's word god said don't eat unclean things and regardless of whether an angel from heaven came to tell him that he should eat he said no he's not going to eat also i remember uh, in the book of galatians in the book of galatians chapter 1 reading from verse 8 Paul made these strong statements, but though we 
or an angel from heaven preach another gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach another any other gospel unto you than that which you have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if yet I pleased men, I should not be a servant of Christ. There are some people who want to hear another gospel, different from that which is in the word of God. Paul is saying, if you hear another gospel, even if it's an angel, because it was so with Balaam, even if it's an angel, let him be accursed. We are not to wait to hear another gospel contrary to that which we have heard in the word of God and use that as a pretext or reason to do what we have in our hearts. The Lord is testing us to see whether we will follow him or not. It is very unsafe for us to urge our selfish desires to God while appearing to be religious. Balaam's case tells us that if we trifle with God, pretending to come to him like we want to know our duty, when clearly his duty, our duty is revealed in his word, that he can actually send us a strong delusion. Since you want to hear this, he will tell you what you want to hear. But then when you go about to do it, he says that the Lord was angry with Balaam and be careful lest you incur the wrath of God by pressing your desires on him and wanting him to say yes to it when you know very clearly what his word says when circumstances and reason is telling you exactly what to do one other example where we see this is in the case of lot when lot had been saved by the angels of god and brought outside sodom god gave him his will and told him clearly what his duty was but lot was pressing his desire on the lord and the lord permitted him Genesis 19 verse 17 says, And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. So here, God's will is clearly told to the Lord, Go to the mountain, lest you be consumed. Verse, 19, verse 18, And the Lord said unto them, O oh, not so, my Lord, behold, now thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life, and I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me and I die. Verse 20, Lot continued, Behold now, this city is near to flee unto, and it is a little one. Oh, let me escape thither, is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said, that God said unto him, See, I have accepted thee concerning this thing also, that I will not overthrow this city, for the which thou hast spoken. Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou become thither. Therefore the name of the city was called Zoar. So, Lot had heard the desire of the Lord, go to the mountain. Lot pressed his own desire on the Lord, I want to go to Zoar. And what did God do? Go ahead to Zoar. What God was trying to prevent in him going to Zoar was that he and his family may not be destroyed. He went into Zoar and what happened? It was in Zoar that his wife turned back and changed to a pillar of salt. Now what did Lot do? Verse 30, And Lot went up out of Zoar and dwelt in the mountain and his two daughters with him. For he feared to dwell in Zoar and he dwelt in a cave, he and his two daughters. Now Lot is listening. He heard the duty he was supposed to perform today to go to the before to go to the mountain, but he pressed his desire on the Lord, and the Lord permitted him to have his desire, but it was not good for him. Also, in the children of the case of the children of Israel, they knew very well God did not want them to have a king. He was their king. They pressed their desire on the Lord, and the Lord said, Carry on, have your king for yourself. And what did it turn out for them? How did it turn out for them? It turned ill for them. 
having kings was not God's will for Israel. So it is with us. When we press our desires on the Lord, he, you will hear what you want to hear. You know duty, you know it by reason. We read in Conflict and Courage, page 113, paragraph 5, there are thousands at the present day who are pursuing a similar course. They would have no difficulty in understanding their duty if it were in harmony with their inclinations. It is plainly set before them in the Bible or is clearly indicated by circumstances and reason. So, three ways to know the duty. In the Bible, it is clearly, clearly set. Other cases, circumstances, which is the same thing as God's providence that has put things in a certain situation, is telling you this is your duty. You, have, you know this is where you are and you are observing that this is something you are supposed to do. This is your duty. Or reason, common sense is telling you that this is what you are supposed to do. Yet, they presume to pray. I continue the reading. Say, but because these evidences, which is the word of God, circumstances and reason, these evidences are contrary to their desires and inclinations. They frequently set them aside and presume to go to God to learn their duty with great apparent conscientiousness. They pray long and earnestly for light. But God will not be trifled with. He often permits such persons to follow their own desires and to suffer the result. When one clearly, this is the lesson now, when one clearly sees a duty, let him not presume, don't even presume to go to God with the prayer that he may be excused from performing it. He should rather with a humble submissive spirit ask for divine strength and wisdom to meet his claims. End of quote. This is what we are to do. Some cases we see it in people who want to get married. Or you want to get married to this young man or this young lady. And then you find out that your genotype is, is not matching. There is a possibility that you are going to give birth to children that are going to be sickly. And then you start to pray. Pray for what? For God to change the genotype? Pray so that you will know the will of God whether he wants you to marry or not. Common sense and reason is saying this is not the right decision. But because desire and inclination is going in another direction and the will of God is going or reason is going in another direction, then people presume to pray, to hear God and use God as the excuse for doing what they want to do. So that when any evil thing happens, they will say, it's God that led me there. Which God led you there? God has given us sense and reason. He has also given us his word to direct us. And it's our duty to follow whatever God's word says and to follow what we know is the best following our reason or follow what we can see that circumstance and uh, providence is directing us to not to pray to the lord when you pray you are risking something now what are you risking you are risking getting a strong delusion because when god has spoken the first time and you are still asking him what happened to bala can happen to you and what is prophesied in first in second thessalonians reading from verse 9 to 12 especially verse 11 and 12 can happen to you god will send you a strong delusion so that you can believe a lie since that's what you want to hear but why does god do that he wants well, he wants to see what is in your heart because if you really loved to do good no matter how anybody presses you to do evil you will not do it but when you want to do evil you just need a pretext you just need an excuse and you will do it that's what God is doing. He can allow people to come to you to tell you lies so that he will see what is in your heart to suggest things to you that are evil. He, he, he did it with, uh, with Moses. He told Moses, let me destroy these people. He wants to see what is in Moses' heart. And Moses said, no, Lord, don't do it. Moses did not fall for it. Too many fall for it today. God may send people who are like ministers to speak lies to people 
and they will fall for it. There are others who want a particular job and they see that this job, it can only be gotten by sinning against God or the job can only be maintained in continual sin. And yet they presume to pray to God to know what duty is, should I leave the job or not. What does the word of God say? Why are you asking him in prayer? What do you want to hear? You want to hear him say, no, don't leave the job. Then you say, it is God that told me not to leave. You will hear the no. But then the Lord's anger will be kindled against you because you know his word and you are not respecting it. And you are waiting to hear a different thing. You will hear it. People will come, prophets, pastors, they will come to tell you, remain there. We read in the book of Deuteronomy 13, reading from verse 1, it says, If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder come to pass, whereof he speak unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. God's counsel, thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you, proveth you, to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice and you shall serve him and cleave unto him. Do you know that the Lord tests us? He comes, people come to us to tell us to do wrong and they may be even prophets pastors who will come and tell us to do wrong. God wants to see what's in our heart, whether we will obey him or not. Now, if we continue to ask the Lord, when we know what we are supposed to do, you are in a relationship with an unbeliever and you can see clearly what the Lord says in his word that you should not continue in that relationship and yet you presume to pray and say, oh Lord, should I end it? When you know that you should, you have been told in the word of God that this is the will of God. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And some people will say, as usual, many people do that. They can read clearly what the word of God is saying. And they say, I've heard you. I want to pray so that I will know what God wants me to do. If he wants me to keep it, he will tell me. If he doesn't want me to keep it, he will tell me. And you are waiting for a response. And then you say, I have not heard from God. God has not told me to keep the Sabbath yet. Wait. You will wait like people say till the foul grow teeth. You may hear nothing from the Lord. If you want to plead that to the Lord in the judgment and say, Lord, you didn't tell me to keep it. And the Lord will point you to his word and say, why didn't you listen to my word? You want me to talk to you? The Lord will even, if possible, may even come to meet. Many people will come to meet you and tell you, oh, it's a Sunday. Follow Sunday. And then you will use that as your excuse. Why? The Lord is sending a strong delusion to you. Since you want to hear lies, you will hear it. And you will believe a lie. And like the Bible says, you will be damned because you have not love of the truth and have pleasure in unrighteousness and others will say oh should i do this or should i do that when you know clearly what the word of god is saying should i continue in this business should i go for this job should i marry this person should i continue this relationship should i live in this place should i do this or that that you know the word of god condemns why pray about it you are trifling with God. And that is the simple lesson from today's devotion. God wants to see what is in our hearts, whether we will keep his commandments or not. He will permit people to tell us to do wrong in the name of God, to test our desires and to see whether we will make excuses for doing wrong and blame it on a certain pastor who told us to do this or to do that. Many listen to instruction only as they are in harmony with their desires and then they pretend like they are conscientious Christians. Just tell them to do something not in harmony with their desires. Then you will know whether they are really Christians or not. Their true nature will now be seen. They will not do it. It will be seen that all the while they have only been obedient to God because it suits their personal desires. What am I trying to say here? That is, 
many people pretend like they are following God's will, but they are only following the part of God's will that is in harmony with their personal desires. When God's will crosses their personal desires, then we now know who you really are. Are you following God because you love to follow Him and all the things you are reading in His Word is in harmony with your desires? What of when the Lord tells you something in your du- that is your duty but that thing is not pleasant to you? Will you do it? If you do it, then we know that you really you have been following God's will and not your will. But when you refuse to do the will of God and follow do the duty of the Lord you have read in His Word, because it is not in harmony with your desires, then you are just serving self, pretending like you are serving God. You are just serving self. Self-denial is necessary when we want to follow God. We are not to please ourselves. It was self-pleasing that brought Eve down. If she didn't desire that fruit, she would have stood her ground and said to the serpent, I am not eating it. I just remember in taking care of children, how children do this, I'll call it the evil thing. Your parent, a parent will tell the child, don't do this. Then another adult will tell the child, do this, not knowing that the parent has told that child not to do it. But because the child already had that desire in the heart, they will do what that other child, uh, adult told them to do. And when the parent asks them, why did you do this? They will say, eh, Mr. This or Mr. That told me to do it, using that person as an excuse. Whereas the real reason they did it is because in their heart they always wanted to do it because if somebody else had told them something that they did not like they would tell them quickly my mommy or my daddy said i shouldn't do this oh you know how to say your mommy and daddy said you shouldn't do this but when they, they tell you another thing that your mom or dad told you not to do but because you wanted to do it you did it this is how we behave with god when we hear things that we don't like we want to plead god said i shouldn't do it but then when we hear things that is in harmony with our desire, we set at naught the counsel of God and do it and then we give excuse that pastor this or pastor that is the one that said I should do it. As if that will negate the word of God. We need to examine our hearts and ask ourselves, are you following God because it's in harmony with your desire? Or are you following him regardless of your desires? God will test you to know. It is my prayer that we will be found faithful, following God's wills and his, de- his will and His desire above ours. We should learn to drop our desire. Be careful. Don't allow God to send you a strong delusion that will make you believe a lie and then you will be damned. Let us pray. Our loving Father in heaven, thank you for these lessons that you have taught us today. Lord, help us not to deceive ourselves in following our own inclinations and desires above your du- the duty you have plainly set to us in your word or following the circumstances we find ourselves or common sense and reason. Help us, Lord, not to trifle with you. Give us power and grace to do your will when it is not in harmony with our desires, that we may be found children of God, not loving the, the wages of unrighteousness, but loving to do the will of God in all things. Forgive us for the times we've done this. Are we in a strong delusion because we pretended in wanting to know your will and are following the wrong course? Please, Lord, forgive us and bring us out of that strong delusion. And help us, Lord, not to believe a lie and be damned. Help us, Lord, to have the love of the truth in our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers and thank you for answering. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.